Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Wednesday, August 18, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me, and we are now on Amani Bates' watch. The former number one prospect in the class of 2022, who is now the most heralded available prospect in the class of 2021, is on the road this week. Today and tomorrow... He's on campus at Memphis. On Friday, he'll be on campus at Oregon. And then at some point in the next week or so, he's expected to make a decision on his future plans. And according to Amani Bates, there are currently four options. One, go to Memphis. Two, go to Oregon. Three, go to Michigan State. Four, join the G League Ignite. Deadleg, predict this 17-year-old's future. Tell me and everybody listening how Imani Bates is going to spend the next year of his life. Let's break down the percentages here. I will go... See, the reason why this is interesting is he's not eligible to go into the NBA draft next year. Imani Bates, when he's drafted, will be drafted in 2023. So is he going to do college for a year and then leave college and take a year to play professionally or train? Is he going to try and do that initially? I think he's going to go to college, but I break it down like this. Give me, give me Memphis 55%. Give me Oregon 30%. Give me Michigan State at 5% and G League United at what? 10%. I think that adds up to, 100 overall. I would give Memphis the edge here. Um, it seems to make the most sense at this point. Although even like, you know, as recently as what, you know, six months ago, the idea that he'd be playing for Memphis was not something that was <laughs> projected by anyone there. But I just think it makes the most sense. Um, Jalen Duran's on that team. Of course, this is your official Jalen Duran, all things Jalen Duran podcast. And if Amani Bates wants to go somewhere where he will have a really good opportunity, but also not have absolutely everything put on his shoulders. I think that Memphis is that opportunity, but I will say this, and I'll throw it right back to you. Um, if he were to go to Oregon, if he's going to play college, and if he were to go to Oregon, uh, he would certainly be the guy. He would be the guy. He would be the biggest recruit in the history of Oregon basketball, um, no doubt about it. And you... Like you're you're in the Pac-12, you're removed from the 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 spotlight in Memphis will still be heavy. Oregon would not be that. And if there's one thing we certainly we know about Amani Bates GP, it's that he is not you know some super charismatic, seeking the spotlight, easy to get a quote from kind of player. That's just not him. At least it hasn't been him to this point. So at this stage, as we wait to see where he's going to go, I think it's fascinating because it's where he thinks he'll have the best chance at success. Obviously, but. How much those other things that aren't directly connected to playing on the court, how much will they impact his decision? Dramatically. 
I mean, I, I, you know, you mentioned six months ago, playing at Memphis wasn't even on anybody's radar and it, and it wasn't a, a year ago playing college basketball at all didn't seem like a likely proposition, but the, the reality of name, image and likeness rights has changed all of that. And Memphis has positioned itself well, first with Jalen Duran and now with Amani Bates. For whatever it's worth, there are currently 10 crystal ball predictions for Amani Bates over at 24-7 Sports. Six say Memphis, four say G League, zero say anything other than that. But each one, and this is important to note, I think, each one that has been updated this month is predicting Memphis. And so, you know, I won't rule anything out, you know, Oregon like Memphis, uh, has uh, heavy corporate backing that could create incredible NIL opportunities. And the fact that he is going to leave Memphis and at least go check out Oregon leaves open the door for him to play in in the Pac-12. And I want to be clear, I don't think he has a bad choice to make here. Like going to Memphis looks like an awesome opportunity. Going to Oregon would be an awesome opportunity. Whichever team he joined would be a preseason top 10 team uh, with an opportunity to, to play in the final four and, and win a national championship. It's not like he's picking between, if we acknowledge, it appears he's picking between Memphis and Oregon. So it's not like he's picking between, if I go to this place, I can win a championship. This place, probably not. He could win a championship at, at either place. Both rosters would be loaded with his addition. Both rosters are good even without it. Like I've got them both in the top 20 without Amani Bates, Memphis and Oregon. Mm-hmm. You add Amani Bates, I'll have either in, in, in the top 10. But I, I do think uh, it does largely come down to where does he believe? I mean, I think there's a lot of factors. You know, um, you know his friend being at Memphis is a factor. Um, the NBA culture that Memphis has created is probably a factor. Um, the, you know, Oregon's a track record for success. They just won back-to-back outright Pac-12 titles. That has to be a factor. Um, there's a lot of factors, but I think the largest factor is name, image, and likeness rights. Where does he believe he'll be able to capitalize on his name, image, and likeness um, the best? And, you know, Memphis is, is has already made that case and will continue to do so, and I'm certain Oregon will do it as well. Mark Giannato is the columnist at the Commercial Appeal. Uh, which is the newspaper in Memphis. And he tweeted the other day, a couple of days ago, Amani Bates is visiting Memphis. Where should Penny take him? And I quote tweeted it with Bank of Bartlett. And it's a joke, but it's also like, I mean it. You know, Bank of Bartlett is a local bank founded by Harold and Bobby Bird, the Bird brothers. Uh, if you've ever watched a Memphis game, you, if you see... Uh, some some gentlemen sitting right behind the visitor's bench heckling the opposing coach relentlessly. Uh, those are the Bird Brothers. They 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 founded a bank. Like I, I I've seen them I've seen them get in an argument with Tom Crean. I've yeah I was sitting right behind right near them at a game a few years ago. South Dakota State was playing Memphis by game. And, uh, you know, my wife knows TJ Otzelberger, who was the coach at, uh, at, at South Dakota State at the time. You know, I've known TJ forever. He's now, of course, at Iowa State. And so we sent, you know, we sat right beside, took the kids, sat right behind, behind the South Dakota State bench, which put us right behind the Burr brothers. And at some point, TJ was like, who, who are those guys? What, what, are, what is going on with those guys? I was like, they're, they're in, enthusiastic Memphis boosters who also own a bank. He was like, okay. I was like, just ask, like, ask Bob Huggins about them. Ask Rick Pitino about them. They all know who these guys are. And so, you know, I, I, the joke was take them, take a money base to bank of Bartlett. But it's like, I'm being halfway serious. Like, let him know what is available for him at Memphis. It's not just 
people throw this out there, you know, FedEx, like I'm not denying that FedEx might be involved, but more likely I've been saying this for a few weeks now. It's just going to be one massive NIL deal on top of another. It could be a local bank, local car dealership, local barbecue shop, trading car company. Imani Bates is going to be a millionaire while he's playing college basketball, probably whether it's at Memphis or Oregon. And now it's up to Memphis and Oregon to, to make the case that you can, you can profit uh, you know, uh, most heavily at our place while trying to win a national championship and yes, developing for the NBA. Imani Bates will be a millionaire in the year 2021, no matter what he decides to do here, because if he starts and plays college basketball, it'll certainly, you know, it'll certainly be what you just laid out uh, there. Or if he goes to the G league, I don't know. I'm not reporting this as a fact. I'm just saying it would not surprise me if the G league, because of, again, I don't think there's been a player with Bates's situation, Parrish two years before, like you're leaving high school and you have effectively a near two-year wait before you're eligible to be drafted. Normally, it's one year, right? That's not what he has here. He has this this aberrational window here. And so, if you told me that the G League was prepared to offer Bates, you know, north of two million to commit and play for there, I would 100% believe it. It's easily understandable because he has he's as big of a name to come out of high school basketball in so long. And part of that's because of the hype, and he has been overhyped. And we touched on that on a previous podcast. I wrote about it from North Augusta earlier this summer there, and I think that's a bit problematic, but he does still have really, really, really big star potential. Um, If he were to go to Oregon, real quick uh, history lesson here, if he were to go to Oregon, um, it would not surprise me, but he would be the highest-rated recruit in the history of Oregon basketball, at least modern history, which has to be, I think, overall. The number one, trivia time. Did hmm. you get this? Who's the highest rated recruit ever to commit to Oregon? You think you know it? It's been within the past, I'll narrow it down, four to ten years. Like, I'm picturing players, but I can't think of their names right now. Let me, I'm not even going to look at recruiting rankings, hand to heart. I just okay. want to look at um, rosters. I've got the from top, my, yeah, I've got the top five. Uh, while you look, I've got, the, I'm going to give you the top five highest recruited players to commit to Oregon. This is, of course, uh, courtesy of our friends at 247 Sports. If you were to trivia time me on this, I it's 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 at the same time easily gettable, but I don't know if it would have been the player that popped to my mind first. But once you know it, you'll be like, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, he was pretty highly rated. Um, I'm looking at rosters. Nobody has jumped out yet. This is a half cheat, by the way. But I'll allow it. We're in it's August. Rosters is a cheat. Is cheating? It's a half cheat. You're 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 triggering the old noggin there. Like there was a number four prospect overall in his class, the highest one to commit to Oregon. Class of 2018. Class of 2018? Class of 2018. That's how recent this was. The highest one ever. Hmm. Okay. Well, then that's going to be Louis King. No, he is number six. It will be Bowl. Oh, God. Bull Bull, of course. Bull Bull. Bull Bull in 2018. Uh, number two is Malik Hairston all the way that's, back. That's who That's who I was thinking of. Malik Hairston. You want to remember some dudes here. Number seven prospect in the class of 2004. Just ahead that year in the rankings of Randolph Morris and just behind one Sebastian Telfair. How about that? Bassy. I think he's in jail now. Jeez. Malik Hairston. Then it's Troy Brown. 2017, the number 13 player in the class, and the other two highly rated players to commit to Oregon in the past 20 or so years. And Folly Dante, 2019, was the 14th ranked player. And Jabari Brown, 
back in 2011. Man, he had some serious hype, but he was a number 17 in the class. Bates would be above all of them, and I strangely think that if he went to Oregon, that might fit him best uh, in terms of his style, Pac-12. Again, you go to Memphis, uh, you know, listen, I'm all for it. I know you're certainly all for it, but I feel like he might be setting himself up for a bit more success uh, at Oregon. But we'll have to say, wait and see what he wants to do here because he has an opportunity to effectively go and, while I'm sure the Bates family and certainly G League people in the NBA would push back on this reality, it's like, if he goes to the G League, he will go and hide for a year or two. Now, I think the very nature of him playing with the G League parish will bring more attention and interest in any other player that could possibly play. Like, I think the very nature of Bates playing in the G League would cause more people maybe to check in than otherwise would, but it's still not going to p- compete with college basketball and, and you know, everything else that's happening in the sports cycle there. So if that's what you want to do, then so I don't think he's going to hurt his stock all that much by doing it, but the potential upside at playing in college, even a four-year, I don't, I don't think he'd play for two years, but that's what makes this all so interesting. That he's doing these visits now, and his dad has maintained to me for two years now that college was a very, very real option and possibility, and uh, we should soon find out if that winds up being true. I just think the G League's going to have a hard time now recruiting elite prospects to skip college unless they just hate English and algebra. Like, if you just have no interest in school – to whatever extent you're actually going to be doing school in your one or two years of, of, um, of, of college, unless you just hate school, I don't know why you would go to the G league instead of college now, because anybody who's worth a million dollars to the G league is going to be worth a million dollars in college basketball. And you can go to the G league and disappear, or you can go to the, to play college basketball and be on national television twice a week. Like if you go to Memphis, uh, you know, pe- millions of people are going to see your games. You're going to compete for conference championships. You're probably going to, you know, barring a disaster, play in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, there's just, I don't understand why. I totally get why Jalen Green went G League or Jonathan Kaminga. They're putting real money on the table against a scholarship and cost of attendance stipend. If you want the money, let's go do it. And obviously neither one of them damaged themselves in the G League. They were both uh, lottery picks, top 10. I um, now, though, you, you know, you're not picking between a million dollars in the G League or a scholarship and cost of attendance stipend in college. You're picking between a million dollars in the G League or maybe one point four million dollars while playing at Memphis or one point four million dollars while playing at Oregon. So I, I don't I don't know why he would go to the G League now when he can when he knows and his family knows he can make just as much, if not more money. Uh, playing college basketball. But on this topic, let me ask you this. Does it bother you? Will it bother some people? Because Memphis fans right now are almost celebrating the idea that they're about to more or less buy Imani Bates. <laughs> Nobody's apologizing for it. Nobody's ashamed of it. They're like, hey, this is the world we live in now. It's okay, you know? And so mm-hmm. let's 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 step up and do what we're doing. Like Memphis fans know the game and they embrace it. But 
I see other people go, this is crazy that it's just a bidding war between or a very public and open bidding war between Oregon and Memphis. Does it bother you? Will it bother some people? Or is this just accepted as the way things get done now? More accepted. It won't bother me whatsoever. If, if Imani Bates goes in place for Memphis or goes in place for Oregon, I'm not going to like if we see that on our screens, you know, come November, it's not going to bother me. And truthfully, isn't going to bother almost every single person that him being in a college uniform was a result of, you know, a courtship that was certainly laced with, you know, heavy economic uh, enticements. That's fine. It's completely allowable. And this is this is what it should be. Amani Bates is a very talented young man with plenty of options and is going to evaluate all those options and decide as many people would decide in, his, in that very same position. So, no, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. Um, the interesting, the most interesting part of it to me, honestly, is if he does go to Memphis, uh, is that school going to be looking at a severe punishment and or postseason ban for this season? That's the other part of this here that, you know, the NCAA recently announced that its IARP process was going to be expedited. I don't see any way that Memphis doesn't get its, its, verdict in the next few months. I just don't see how that's not happening because the NCAA has now admitted we have changed the process here. They're going to publish um, the complex case unit is going to publish the timelines on these cases so that there is a there is transparency about when people can expect these cases to wrap. Memphis is first in line there. And it's reasonable to deduce that with the James Wiseman stuff that a postseason ban could be on the table. And if it is, that's just a super fascinating dynamic to me, Parrish, because this is the season now. Whether you have or do not have Imani Bates, it's time for Penny Hardaway. I know they're coming off a, a wonderful run in the NIT, but that's not – come on now. You, you know that is not how Memphis fans evaluate and judge the success of their programs and of their coaches. This is the put-up-or-shut-up season for Penny Hardaway, and if you do get Imani Bates, all the more so – and then what if hap- what happens if you get some sort of postseason ban? So I know that's a sidebar to what we're talking about here, but to me, how is it not factoring into what he's going to do? I don't see how it isn't. I think there's a real, real chance Memphis is staring at some severe punishments for the season ahead. And if you're Imani Bates and it's your dream to, yeah, I, you know what? One of the reasons I'm going to play college is I can really make a lot of money. The other is I want to play in the NCAA tournament. That's not 100% guarantee if you go to Memphis. Now, it's not 100% guarantee if you go to Oregon, but for very different reasons. Memphis actually has some lingering threats from outside its program off the court that could preclude that from happening. If my son were choosing between these options, it would absolutely be something that we were aware of and, and, and considering like, uh, you know, am I really going to enroll at a place and then not be able to play in the NCAA tournament? You know, that, that would register with me. If it were my son, I don't know if it registers with the Monty Bates and his family, but I will tell you, and I, I can tell you, cause I, I know this is, as a fact, other schools were trying to use that with Jalen Duran. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, Memphis sounds great, but if you go there, they could end up on a postseason ban and then you're not playing in the NCAA tournament. You're one year of college. You really want to risk that. And it just obviously did not work, did not matter. So I, I don't know whether it'll matter to Imani Bates. The recruiting analysts don't seem to think that it will. Uh, but I can tell you it did not matter to, to Jalen Duran. And if Memphis ultimately gets a postseason ban, they get what they get. I mean, it was insane to allow James Wiseman to play in defiance of the NCAA. I I said it before he even stepped on the court. It it was insane for them to do that. And if they get punished for it, then, then, 
you know what? Be smarter next time. You did this to yourself. It's totally self-inflicted because I want to make sure people know they're not facing a possible postseason ban because Penny Hardaway paid moving expenses for James Wiseman. That was all handled. This is about you played James Wiseman in defiance of the NCAA. That's what triggered the infractions case. The other thing could have been handled with theoretically a nine-game suspension, but they were like, F the NCAA, we're playing them no matter what you say, and now here they are. So if they end up with a postseason ban, they did this to themselves. I will say this, and I've been consistent on this. I don't like the idea of of, 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 of putting a postseason ban on a season after the student athletes have already enrolled or after the season has already started. I know that the NCAA will and, 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 and has done it before, and so certainly Memphis is at risk of that. But I fundamentally believe across the board, once student athletes are enrolled and trapped for the upcoming season, if you're going to then hit a school with a postseason ban, it should it should apply to the following season, not the one that is, you know, for all practical purposes already underway. But I'm not in charge. And so, yes, Memphis is at risk of that. And it would be the most Memphis thing ever to enroll Jalen Duren. Amani Bates have a preseason top 10 team and then two weeks before the season starts you're banned from the 2022 NCAA tournament and to your point it is a it is a possibility it is, it is. so just keep an eye on that I think it wouldn't be sooner than September but I I don't think it's gonna be later than December and we'll see where if that if that does come to be if it would be an in-season thing or for the following season that that I don't know but I I man, I'd be fascinated to hear what Penny Hardaway is telling uh, those players and, and the and the Bates uh, and the Bates family right there. Um, but we'll see. Well, but what yeah. if what if what if Memphis handled a postseason ban the same way it handled James Wiseman being suspended? They just said no. We're playing in the NCAA. We're just showing just up. Showed up. They just showed up. Not even <laughs> in the bracket. They just show up. Yeah, they're not even in the bracket. They just they just they show up at Staples Center. Say, we're playing. We're playing in this NCAA tournament. <laughs> That'd be phenomenal. You need 68 teams to uh, to play a 68-team tournament. Actually, nice. You need 69. Memphis showing up. Just oh, whatever. We're just, you know, it's it's almost like the inverse of uh, Costanza quitting and then showing up at work. It's just like, yeah, no, that didn't actually happen. We're just going to we're just gonna keep on keeping on like this doesn't even matter. That would be all-time stuff. Hey, GP, you wrote a column this week um, that's kind of tied to what we're talking about here, but it is a separate issue altogether, and that's... You know, tied to what you mentioned a couple minutes ago with the viability of the G League, but also this overtime elite league. Um, why don't you lay out to folks for what you wrote? Because I do find it, I find it to be a, a little bit of a twist of the plot that I, I think no one saw coming in regard to elite prospects and how it's impacting where they'll go after high school. So since last time we spoke on this podcast, uh, Bryce Griggs, who's a four-star guard in the class of 2022, he signed a $1.2 million contract with overtime elite. So that's big time money for a guy ranked in the forties of his high school class. We're going to get into that next, but first. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me, 
taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So a four-star guard from the class of 2022 has just signed a $1.2 million contract with Overtime Elite, the new league that is based in Atlanta. His name is Bryce Griggs. He's ranked 43rd in the class of 2022, according to 24-7 Sports. And he'll now spend what amounts to his senior year of high school and freshman year of college playing for Overtime Elite for $600,000 a year. Deadleg, how old were you when you realized four-star guards ranked in the 40s could get $1.2 million contracts? I was <laughs> I was this week old. <laughs> like yes. I didn't realize that was going to... What are we doing? Now, and listen, if Overtime Elite, which is, as a reminder, funded in part by Jeff Bezos, if it wants to toss around this kind of money to try and recruit players... By all means, go ahead and do it. You're not guaranteed any kind of longevity or success because of it. But, like, I saw Bryce Griggs play. He's a really fun player. Like, you know, in a separate alternate reality, it would have been great to see what he would have been able to to grow into in college where he almost certainly would not have been a one-and-done player. And now he's getting paid more than a million uh, when he arguably wasn't even the best player on his grassroots team with, with, um, with the JL3 crew that I saw there down in North Augusta. But, all right. Lay out, lay out your column and, and your thoughts here. I have a, I have a side thought to this, but I, I want to hold that for just a second there. Like, how much did this surprise you, and how much do you think it alters the paradigm of the recruiting landscape in general? If there's going to be this league, overtime elite, which most people still don't even know what this is, that's able to offer players 600k, 700k, 900k, and north of a million dollars to go and play. Again, this is leaving high school to go and do this. Uh, as an alternative, not just to college, but the G League. Yeah, so like earlier I said, I think the G League is going to have a hard time securing high school graduates now because that's what the G League is targeting, high school graduates. And the reason I think they're going to have a hard time securing high school graduates is because anybody who's worth money to the G League is worth money to a college basketball program. So a year ago, the G League Ignite could say, Jalen Green, come with us, we'll give you a million dollars or whatever it is he got. And no college could say that without violating NCAA rules. So if you want to take the money, as opposed to not take the money and play college basketball, then just take the money and go to the G League Ignite. It's what Dacia Nix did, Jonathan Kaminga did, Jalen Green did. Um, now, if, well, let's just go to Jalen Duran. You know, G League Ignite says, hey, we got a million dollars for you to come play with us and then enter the 2022 NBA draft. Well, then Memphis just says, well, we can get you more money than that. It's not a problem. So now you can go to college and make that money. That makes the G League's um, pursuit of high school graduates, I believe, difficult. This is a totally different deal. Because Overtime Elite is not targeting high school graduates. They're targeting people who just finished their sophomore year of high school, just finished their junior year of high school. So let's go back to Bryce Griggs here. He wasn't choosing between $600,000 next year or going to Kansas 
to make $600,000 next year. He was choosing between $600,000 to join Overtime Elite or just doing a senior year of high school. And the point I make in the column is that that really does change things because I understand why Jalen Durham would turn down a million dollars from the G League to go play at Memphis because he's gonna he's he ain't leaving a penny on the table. So I, I get why he would say I'm gonna go the college route. But when you have just finished your junior year of high school, and I think this is important, and you're ranked 43rd in your high school class according to 24/7 Sports, and lower in other places. How do you turn down a guaranteed contract worth $1.2 million? Like, how do your parents let you turn that down? Um, You can make the NBA from anywhere. You know, the Grizzlies just traded for Jarrett Culver. He was ranked 312th in his high school class, and then he was a top 10 pick. You can make the NBA regardless of where you're ranked in your high school class. But this is a fact. If you're ranked in the 40s, you are unlikely to ever get to the NBA. You can, but you're unlikely. So... I think there's a decent chance, if not good chance, Bryce Creeks will never be offered a contract worth more than $1.2 million ever again in his life. So how do you turn that down at the age of 17 to have $1.2 million in your bank account by the time you're 19? That's real money. Pay off your parents' house. You can clear credit card debt, put your siblings in private school, and then wherever it goes from there it goes from there perhaps you're a professional player maybe even in the nba if you're not hey take some of that money go back to college start your life you know there's a million but i don't understand i again i'll just back on me if my kid was ranked 40s in the 40s of his high school class and the options were do another year of high school then college or just sign a 1.2 million dollar contract right now and you know graduate high school online and then hopefully be good enough to reasonably enter the 2023 NBA draft, I think we'd have to take the $1.2 million. And so I don't know if this makes long-term sense for overtime elite. I've still had nobody be able to properly explain to me how this is um, profitable for overtime elite over an extended period of time or ever. I'm skeptical of that. But my bottom line on this is, you know, if they're putting this kind of money on the table for – four-star prospects ranked in the 40s, you know, sign the contract as quickly as you can and get on with it. All right, two points. One, in terms of the long-term viability of Overtime Elite, I just don't know. I mean, this is, this is a program that is coached by Kevin Ollie, but who are you going to play? You know, a lot of these prep schools that would have the talent to compete, uh, there are rules in their own state that provide preclude them from playing against what amounts to a professional basketball team. They're just not going to be allowed to do it. And so what's the competition? What kind of schedule can you build out? And are you able to really, you know, garner any kind of significant traction? Because this is like the G League, at least it has an affiliation with the NBA and people understand that it's a feeder system and there's, you know, former college stars and guys who have been drafted then gone back down the G League. Like, even that doesn't have a lot of viewership, but people kind of understand it. Overtime Elite is really almost on an island there. And again, I'm just with you. Maybe we look up in 10 years and this is really one of the more incredible, uh, you know, pun intended, grassroots success stories in all of uh, American sports, but there's a long way to go. And just f- purely from a schedule and competition standpoint, I'm not sure how overtime is able to uh, find momentum. And I think people that are affiliated and invested with overtime would admit to that. Now, to your other point, 
Yes, it's hard to turn down, but don't assume that this is just going to always be the case because on Wednesday, uh, Adam Zagoria writing for... um, for the New Jersey uh, NJ.com, he reported that Simeon Wiltshire, who we saw play in North Augusta with the New York Renaissance, the grassroots team there, of course, sponsored by Nike, he's the number 11 rated prospect in the class of 2023. And according to Zagoria's report, he turned down a high six figure offer to play for the next two years with the overtime elite league. And here's what his, here's what his father said. He said, he's still a child, a 17 year old junior, and you're still learning how to navigate life in itself all the way around. Last year, we weren't having dating conversations and now it's a topic of conversation. Yes, I do believe my kids are going to play basketball for money. uh, Wilter has a brother, by the way, who is playing at Nebraska this upcoming season. Uh, He continues. So you have to have a different type of sense of who you are before you go in the world. You have to learn how to say no because you can't spread yourself too thin. You have people who are trying to professionally get at you and take what you have and take advantage of that situation. I do think there's some of that as well, uh, but I don't think that overtime elite is certainly some sort of like uh, all-encompassing vulture situation. I don't think that's necessarily it. But um, I won't deny that it is a bit refreshing that we have a top 15 prospect who was offered high six figures, whether that's six hundred, seven hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars, and said, "You know what? I'm good. I'm not going to spend the next two years doing this. I want to continue." He said he wants to go to his prom, et cetera, et cetera. And there's something to be said for that as well. We've seen this, by the way, in football, not with Overtime Elite, but Quinn Ewers, the quarterback out of Texas, who was not able to capitalize on his name, image, and likeness in high school. So now he's gone to Ohio, where he's going to play at Ohio State, and basically capitalize. Now, before he even enters college there, it is a it is a whole new world here. And while you can't argue um, against an American right for people to be able to make money if they're in a position to do so, uh, you know, we have people that have been 13, 14 year old people who've turned professional in tennis, okay? Uh, It doesn't mean that there can't be certain things that are lost because of this and certain dangers that still exist there. Uh, You you can do what you want to do. If you want to commit and play, and Bryce Griggs, more power to you. Would love to see you make the league and have a lot of success. But is doing this and, and getting that money and your point about him never signing another contract worth this much certainly could w- well wind up being accurate. Is this going to put you on the best path to uh, help assure that you have a better chance at this? I don't know. Would college have been a better, better way to do it? Most people still think that is, but what we have here is a well-funded, essentially professional league for 17 and 18 year olds. That's based out of Atlanta. I've heard the facility is incredible. That is going, it's just another player there. Let the market play out. But I, I'm still skeptical that we'll look up in 2025, 2026 and overtime elites going to be this huge factor. Just cause I don't, I don't know. Like at some point you want to make money. And right now they're giving away hundreds of thousands of dollars, GP and millions of dollars to these players. And, are you going to get good TV deals? Is all this can it be monetized off of social media? I don't, I don't know. So it, it, it is fascinating nonetheless. And uh, if it winds up kind of picking off the G League here and there with the occasional player, I, weirdly enough, I actually think this winds up helping college athletics and helping college basketball where you'll have the NIL opportunities and you're always going to have the biggest platform by far. I don't think there's any circumstance where we look up in 10, 15, 20 years in college basketball, it still isn't by far the greatest avenue for the most exposure and to increase your ceiling by going to the NBA. I totally respect the decision of Simeon Wilcher and, and, and what his father said. As I pointed out in the column, you know, different people can be motivated by different things. And, um, you know, I, 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 I acknowledge that. I, I would say 
that I do think there's a difference between somebody ranked 11th in his high school class and somebody ranked 43rd in his high school class. You can reasonably assume if you're ranked 11th in your high school class that you're going to make the NBA in some form. And if you're ranked in the 40s, you can reasonably assume that you that, that you won't. Doesn't mean that you can't. It just like most people ranked in the 40s of their high school class do not make it to the NBA. And so if I were trying to make a decision about this kind of money at this stage of my life, you know, if I were ranked 11th in the country, it might lead me to one decision if i were ranked 43rd it might lead me to another but as i've said many times over the years i'm happy to let parents make their own decisions for the children i just wish them all good luck shouts to devin downey shouts to chester south carolina shouts to Corey jefferson legend shouts to lauren now and thank you guys for listening once again to the iron college basketball podcast in the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime Looking forward to getting my booster shot. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate it. Really does help. So go subscribe, rate it, review it. We will talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.